Welcome to this week's podcast from Bethesda Church of God in Sumter, South Carolina. We hope you enjoy this inspiring message. For more information, check out our website at BethesdaCOG.org. If he's been real, real good to you, how about really let him know you love him? Come on. He's been real, real good to me. Real good to me. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. There's going to be some people handing out a um, little envelope to you, and in it, it has mustard seeds. And we're just going to ask you to get one. And... uh, and, and hold on to it. You're going to find out that that's an important thing to have, that little mustard seed. And uh, if, you, if you run out in your packet, just find another packet. They'll be, it'll be there for you. Amen. Would you turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 11. 1 Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 11. And I just want to tell you, I am holding right now the mustard seed in my, in my fingers. And the Bible says that if I have faith as a grain of mustard seed, oh my goodness, I can speak to a mountain and tell the mountain to be moved. Today I'm preaching on having, my Lord, I feel the presence of the Lord in this place. Amen. 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 Praise be to God. I'm preaching today on the subject, an audience with God. And I'll be honest with you. This blows my mind that God would give you and I an audience. Wow. The scripture says, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually seek the Lord and his strength seek his face continually father God thank you that you give us an audience thank you that you bring us into your presence and allow us to speak to you now dear heavenly father take our gifts of praise our gifts of worship and let it be as unto you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. God bless you. I want to pull a chair up over here. Years ago, we had um, a, a, a professional clown and, and a drama expert that came. And each time that he would perform, he would bring a chair and put it out and he said he didn't know his earthly father and so as God forgave him of his sins and made him one of his children he would bring a chair out on stage and he would minister because he said that's the place where my father God is going to be and I'm going to worship in front of him I'm going to perform in front of him and today I want you to just imagine if God now our great God couldn't fit in that chair but just imagine that God was to manifest here today so that you and I could see him and he came and sat there what an awesome experience it would be here today 
having an audience with God is beyond my comprehension. Can you imagine, can you fathom the fact that God gives humans the privilege to have an audience with him? Can you put this into perspective? We are overjoyed when we get in the presence of a mayor or a governor or a senator, let alone a president, a king or a queen. But Almighty God says, I'm going to give you an opportunity to come into my presence. And when he does that, I wonder if we take advantage of it or if we just hardly ever even try to get into his presence. Now, I've told this story numbers of times, but when I was dating my wife, I, uh, I was about four hours away from her. I was in college, and, and I would count down the time. It was like this. My last class would get over at 2 o'clock on Friday. But I would get up early Friday morning and have my vehicle packed. I mean, it was like Batman going to the Batmobile. That's no joke. And I've got the tickets to prove it. Two o'clock would hit faster than a speeding bullet. I was running to my truck. I would get into the truck and I would take off. I, I was going at breakneck speeds. And, and, and if you're a young person, don't do that. Because when I started having to pay for my own insurance, I went, what in the world have I done to myself? But I would drive as fast as I could to get back to Charleston because there was my girlfriend. And then I would try to get an audience with her when I got home. I didn't want to just be in the same city. I didn't want to be on the same island. We lived on an island. I didn't want to just be on the same island. I didn't even want to be in the same just vicinity or neighborhood. I wanted her in my car so close that you couldn't get a sheet of paper between us. Come on. Can anyone witness? Give me a witness to that. Yeah, you understand that. I wanted to have an audience, an audience with her. And that was, in all due respect, sweetheart, I love you more than words can say. But an audience with her cannot compare with an audience with the one who made her. And God has given us that the privilege. So I'm going to shoot a whole lot of information very quickly to you. Now I want to tell you I am a believer in prayer. Prayer is what makes this church rock and roll. You might say, no, it's this, that. No, 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 prayer. And I am so happy of the ministry of the hedge and, 
And uh, Reverend Matthew Wilkie is spearheading it, and we're having good crowds. If you're not showing up on Tuesday night, you're missing out. I hope that you'll be here and be a part of prayer. It's important. They will be having prayer in here on Tuesday night, this Tuesday night. But it's an opportunity. And it's not the only way to pray, but there's something powerful about corporate prayer. Now, I want to tell you that in the Bible, there's around 222 verses that deal with prayer, 176 Old Testament scriptures and 46 um, New Testament scriptures that deal with prayer. So there's a lot of uh, things said about prayer. Prayer is first mentioned in the Bible in Genesis chapter 4 and verse 26. And to Seth, to him also there was born a son, and he called his name Enos. Then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. That's the first time that it's mentioned that men begin to call upon the name of the Lord. Now, prayer is universal. Prayer, is, there is a universal need for everyone to pray. It's not just for the rich, not just for the poor. Every one of us at some point need to pray. Now, let me just go ahead and tell you, if you're not a Christian, you need to pray. Every one of us need a savior. So there is a need for prayer. But if you, everything might be going wonderful for you, but at some point in your life, you're gonna need prayer you're gonna need someone calling on God for you. And the Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter, uh, pardon me, in Psalm 65 and verse two, O thou that hearest prayer unto thee shall all flesh come. In uh, Isaiah chapter 56 and verse seven, even them uh, will I bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Uh, their burnt offerings and their sacrifices shall be accepted upon mine altar, for mine house shall be called a house of prayer for all. So everyone needs prayer. Now, prayers for the saints is very precious in the sight of God. In Revelation chapter 5, in verse 2, listen to what it says. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. Now, you might think that God isn't hearing you and God's not paying attention to you. God is keeping your prayers. And in the book of Revelation, he said, these are the prayers of saints that God is he's keeping record of and mindful of. Let's look at Revelation chapter 8 and verse 3. And another angel came and stood at the altar having a golden censer and there was given unto him much incense that he should after it, uh, pardon me, offer it with the prayers of the saints upon the golden altar which is before the throne. There again, God is uh, offering, uh, they're, they're offering uh, uh, incense and prayers before God. So your prayers are very important and valuable to God. Now we are encouraged to pray. 
in so many different ways in First Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 11. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. Not just when you're in trouble. Not just when everything, when you got fired. Not when you don't have enough money to pay your bills. But seek the Lord continually. Someone say amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 7. Um, let me, do we have that one back there? Matthew chapter 7 and verse 7. It says, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. So we have uh, the encouragement to pray all throughout the scripture. Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. In John chapter 16, hitherto have you asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. God wants you to be full of joy. So we are encouraged to pray. Now, there are conditions for successful prayer. I want to read a few of those scriptures. And the Bible says, and ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall seek me with all your heart. Come on. I, I, some of us are just half-hearted in what we're doing. I mean, even when we're doing our lay me down to sleep prayers. We're so tired, we can't hardly even get it out. Now, let me show you. Come on, y'all know. That half-hearted stuff, look here. If God gags, he gags at that. Are y'all with me? Can you, look here. Johnny, Jennifer, stand up, stand up. This is Johnny and that's his wife. If, John, <laughs> if Johnny, if Johnny came home and said, hey, love you. When he went to leave the house, he said, bye, love you. Next day, hey, love you. Bye, love you. After a while, she'd be going, it makes me sick. He don't mean it. He's just saying it. And we expect God to like it. Whoa, y'all can be seated before. We expect God to like it. God doesn't want half-hearted prayers. If you got a half-hearted prayer, save your breath. You're probably gonna need it. Amen? God wants us to pray with our whole heart. In Jeremiah, uh, he tells us to, to pray with our whole heart. In Mark, he said that he desires to, or, or he wants to fulfill the desires of our heart. In the book of James, he says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So if, if you're following these things, good things are going to happen. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 22, he says, if you are uh, keeping my commandments, if you're living right. Now, listen, there's a lot of people that when they pray, they just pray like God is a sugar daddy. I don't want to live right. 
I don't want to live holy, but if you're God, and if you're a good, good God, you're going to answer my prayer. Yeah, I took your name in vain. Yeah, I went to places I ought not to. Yeah, I've been looking at junk on the internet I shouldn't look at. Yeah, I've been telling smutty jokes, but you're God, and you're supposed to answer my prayer. No, 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 no. He says, if you're living righteous, don't put God in the box and say he's a bad God because you're living like the devil and he isn't answering every prayer. Listen, let's line up. And then when we line up with God, we can start expecting good things to happen. Now, uh, postures in prayer, I, I, that, that's something I dealt and, and tr had trouble with when I was younger. Really did. Because, see, I really thought that there were certain ways that you had to pray. Uh, and at least if, if this dear old saint was praying that way, that must be how I'm supposed to do it. You know, so God wasn't going to hear if I didn't kneel down. So I, I would have to kneel down. That's okay. But God hears us when we kneel down. That is one of the postures of prayer. But, but also the Bible tells us that, and I'm shotgunning this here real quickly, but uh, Moses and Aaron in uh, Numbers chapter 20, they fell on their face before God. I mean, just literally just fell out put on their face before God. Joshua fell on his face in Joshua chapter five. Elijah, he put his face between his knees. Now, now that, you know, he was pretty limber. <laughs> I got to thinking about that. I said, man, that'd be an uncomfortable position to pray. But uh, that's how he prayed. He, he got through to God. Uh, Jehoshaphat, he bowed his head. Jesus fell on his face. Now, I know that doesn't go with the picture, but when he went into the garden, uh, the picture has him behind a rock and a bright light shining on him. And man, he fell on his face. That's what the Bible says. He, he was down to business. Have any of you ever been uh, uh, so distraught, so down, uh, or just didn't know what to do that that was the only position that felt right? You, you just had to fall before God. I'm going to tell you some of the biggest times that God has ever spoken to me. Some of the times that I've gotten through to God the most is when I, I just fell out and said, look, I'm not worthy to bow. I'm not worthy to just kneel. I, I'm just going to lay down at your feet and hope for your blessings, hope for your mercy. And the Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. But others in Mark chapter 11 uh, the Bible says, whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against, uh, if you have aught against any. So we can uh, stand and pray. We can kneel and pray. We can fall on our face and pray. Um, uh, have, have any of y'all ever been involved in a prayer walk? That's a good thing. It's healthy for your body and it's healthy for your soul. I love to prayer walk. I, I love to just get out and walk. If I'm praying on Tuesday night at the hedge, oftentimes I'm walking. Uh, I, I somehow uh, seem more comfortable some, at times doing that. But uh, a prayer walk, and then there's the sitting down on the day of Pentecost. The Bible says on the day of Pentecost, 
the, the Holy Spirit came into the house where they were sitting. Yeah, so uh, God answers prayer in so many different ways. Now, I saw a comedian, and I'm not even going to try to do his comedy act, but it's amazing how we worship with our hands. Amen? How we pray. Some of us pray with our hands way high. Some of us pray like we're getting ready to pick up something. Some of us pray by waving like we're trying to get God's attention. I don't care how you do it, but just pray. We ought to pray continually, try to get through. Now, why is this sermon important? It's because there is a weapon I'm preaching about, and it's called prayer. The devil doesn't care if you pay your tithe. The devil doesn't really care if you attend church. The devil really doesn't care if you're a member of the church. But I want to tell you, the devil does care if you are a praying person. He, pray, he cares about that. Because see, he knows that is a weapon he can't fight against. Now, I will tell you he will fight it, but he doesn't win. Have you ever realized or, or wondered why it's so hard to pray? Here we get an audience with Almighty God, but it seems like work to pray. It is work. It is spiritual warfare. When you bow your knee, bow your head, when you fall before God or however, whatever you do, you're getting into a spiritual fight. The enemy wants to keep you from approaching God. My Lord, I just felt a breakthrough right there. See, if the enemy can keep you from approaching God, that's where your miracle is. That's where your deliverance is. That's where your health is. That's where your, your armor is. It's at the throne of God. If he can keep you over here sidetracked. So now let's get real. Oh boy, it's time to pray. And what happens then is the devil says, why don't you pray in a little bit? You know your favorite show's coming on TV. You can pray after that. You know what you do during your favorite show? You fall asleep. And then you wake up and you go, oh, man, I don't feel like praying. I'll pray double tomorrow. That's like fasting double or dieting double. It doesn't work that way. And then another thing is, when you start to pray, Everybody that you know is either going to text you, call you, FaceTime you. There is going to be an interruption. Can I get a witness? Amen. A neighbor that you don't even know comes knocking on the door. Why is that? Because the devil says, I can't let them get an audience with him. If they get an audience with him, they're going to be able to fight me. They're going to be able to overcome me. I can't let them get to him. And so we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers of the air. Now I want to put something to rest right now. One of the things that I struggled with when I was a, a kid, I would hear these saints of God, it didn't dawn on me that they were retired. 
and they'd get up and testify, glory to God, I had a great time in the Lord. I prayed an hour this morning. I prayed an hour this afternoon, and God met with me. And I was, I'd be standing there going, man, I'm, I'm a no good, low down, no piece of dirt. I hadn't prayed 15 minutes yet and, and they have been praying two hours and I would get under heavy condemnation because I didn't pray as long as they did. I was in school. I got up at maybe 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning and, and by the time I got to church, uh, there was no time. And, and so I was under that condemnation. Look here, God is not requiring an hour. He's not requiring two hours. I encourage you to pray every day until you pray through. What do you mean, preacher? I wanna tell you, some of you don't understand, some of you don't know what that phrase means, pray until you pray through. I'm talking about pray until you know you got in touch with him. Until you know that he answered at least that you have had an audience with him. Now let me tell you the rest of the story. I love my dear mother-in-law, but my mother-in-law was an evangelist and my mother-in-law had a prayer ministry and everyone seemed to want to call her. And back in that time, we didn't have cell phones. And, 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 and when I'd get home after driving four hours from college, wanting an audience with my girlfriend, I would try to call while her mother would be on the phone for hours. I'm gonna tell you, I don't think I've ever told you this. <laughs> Sister Hodges, my dear mother-in-law, if you're watching it, I'm gonna confess. You made me angry. Yeah. For those of you who are old enough to know what a busy signal is. Me, me, me. Get off the phone. Anybody that prays that much. There's no one that talks on the phone that much. And I'd get back. I'd try it again. Every, you know what was the deal? Every second, not every second, about every 10, 15 seconds, I'd get the busy signal and I'd go, well, maybe, maybe I can catch her in between prayers. And, and there'd be times, literally, it'd be hours. Finally, I'd get, and, and then, Lord help, it would be horrible when Sister Hodges would answer the phone and say, Al, she ran to the store. Oh, crazy, crazy. Look here, I wanna tell you, if I wake up three in the morning and I want an audience with him, I, all I have to do is call unto him and he will answer me and show me great and mighty things. Oh, hallelujah. There's not a busy signal. There, oh, we don't have to worry about a party line. My Lord, help me right here. Hallelujah. We need to be people of prayer. Daddies, 
If you've ever prayed for your children, you better be a praying daddy. Mamas, if you want your children to make it through this world, you better be praying mamas. Children, you better pray for mama and daddy because there's a devil that would like to split mama and daddy up. We need to pray for each other. There's a devil that would love to take us out, but God gave us a weapon called prayer. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We have an audience anytime, anywhere, if we are approaching him with a pure heart the right way. Hezekiah apparently was in his bed and he got the message, you're gonna die. He turned his face to the wall and he started praying. The man of God didn't get very far and God said, go back and talk to him, tell him I'm gonna extend his time 15 years. The thief on the cross, hanging there dying, he prayed, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And it meant eternal life for him. Jonah was in the belly of a whale. I don't know what that smelled like. I don't know what that looked like. I don't know what that felt like. I can't wait. When I get to heaven, I want to talk to Jonah. Tell me, brother, what it felt like. Tell me what it looked like. Tell me how you were. But I want to also hear Jonah tell me the exact prayer. Tell me what you were feeling when you said, from the depths I cried and you heard me. I don't care how low you get. I don't know how, what kind of burden you're facing. You might be in the dumps right now, not knowing which way to turn. But I want to tell you, there's a God that will hear you no matter how deep you have gone and how far you've tried to run. Paul and Silas were in jail at midnight. At midnight, God was awake. At midnight, God answered their prayer. And here's one that I love. Stephen, while he was being stoned, I don't mean by drinking. I mean they were actually throwing rocks at this man. While they were trying to kill him, he was praying, God, don't hold this sin against these people who are throwing rocks at me. I just want to tell you that's having a relationship with the Lord. When people are trying to hurt you, when people are trying to throw rocks at you, you still keep a good, sweet spirit. Why did he keep a good, sweet spirit? Because he hadn't prayed just one time or two times. He was a man of prayer. Then, what can I pray for? I'm just about through. Well, I just want to name a few. You can pray for jobs. You can pray for a spouse. You can pray for a spouse. You can pray for a spouse. Some of us didn't pray for a spouse. We got what we picked. I don't want any divorces going on here. It's real easy. Well, here's marriage 101. I didn't have this in my notes, but here it comes. I need y'all to pray for my old lady. If you're a man, you call your wife your old lady and she slaps you, you deserve it. 
Come on. I want to hear big amen out of that. Amen. That's degrading. Come on. You didn't call her your old lady when she was that hot, beautiful, young thing that you were dating. Huh? Are y'all talking to me? We need to pray not only before we get a spouse, but we need to pray after we get a spouse that God will bless and anoint and help. Here's Marriage 101, last part of it. I wish men would start taking this and pray for your spouse. Get hold of your spouse's hands. Look her in the eyes and tell her, I love you. I mean, make her look you right back in the eyes. Come on. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And then say, honey, I want to pray for you and pray blessings over your wife. Pray blessings over your husband. Pray that God would anoint them and, and prosper them and protect them. We need prayer. We need to pray for our enemies. Pray for babies. We have Julia today because we prayed for a baby. Julia and Howie have two children because they prayed for a baby. And there's others here today. The doctor said you weren't going to have babies, but you've had babies. You can pray. God answers prayer. Come on, pray for the car, the right car. I mean the right car. Let's pray for that. We, we can pray and God can give us the desires of our heart. Pray for houses. Pray for presidents and kings and queens and senators, governors and house members and mayors. And pray, pray for anybody that is in authority. We need to pray. We have a responsibility. And how successful people prayed. Daniel prayed three times a day. Solomon prayed for wisdom. The early church prayed without ceasing. And, and a, a Syrophoenician woman, she prayed boldly. And, and Jesus said, uh, the, uh, he, he spoke to her and she would not let up. And she said, Lord, even the dogs get the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And Jesus said, I hadn't seen faith like this. And she had her petition met because she was persistent in her prayer. And why not put God to the test? He said in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10, try me. Uh, prove me. If I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you'll not be able to contain, why don't you just put him to the test? Well, I would, but, I would, but, no, just do it. And in closing, would you stand? Go ahead and stand. Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 3, I love this. It's God's phone number is what I was told years ago. Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. And then back to this little piece of mustard seed. Hold up your mustard seed if you still have it. Hold it up. I wish you'd put it somewhere in your wallet, in your pocketbook. Put it somewhere that 24 hours a day you know where this little seed is because today we're going to believe it's not this seed, but it's the scripture. If I can have 
faith that small, I can ask what I will. I can say to the mountain, be thou removed. Brother Howie, I just felt faith well up in this place. Somebody has a mountain you're facing right now. How can having that little bit of faith move a mountain as big as I have? Because you've got an audience with the one who made the mountain. We've got an audience. We've got an audience. How do I know I have an audience? Listen, sometimes I get into his presence and I feel chill bumps just run all over me. Any of y'all ever felt that? Man, I mean, it's just something. There's other times I've been into his presence where I was literally afraid to move my pinky. I felt in such an awe. There's other times I'd get into his presence and, and I'd just start crying. Have any of you ever started just crying? And you, you're like, I'm not sad. I'm not sad, but why am I crying? Because you got into the presence of your God. And can I tell you that there's been times I didn't feel anything. But if I can just believe that God said, if I can have faith, then he's going to move my mountain whether I feel anything or not. Because you're not saved by faith, I mean by, by feeling. You're, you're not given miracles by feeling. When we don't know how to pray, the Bible says that the Spirit makes intercession between us and God with moanings and groanings that cannot be uttered. Here it is in closing. Today I'm going to give you an opportunity. This audience with God, if you've got sin, this audience with God will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. If you're sick in your body, this audience with God can bring healing and miracles and signs and wonders in your life. If you're in distress in any way, whether it's marital or business related or family related, this audience with God can correct it. Can you believe that God will have an audience with you? This is the last thing I want to say, and then we're going to give the altar invitation. Many, many, many years of my Christian experience, I would get an audience with God, and it would be like, here's what I need, here's what I need. I, I, I want this, that, and the other. And then I would go on about my work. Thank the Lord, someone taught me, why don't you stay in his presence long enough, shut your mouth, and see if he's got anything to say back to you. I believe God's gonna have something to say to you, as well as something for you to say to him. Well, every head is bowed.
Preacher, I'm a sinner. And I need an audience with God in a desperate way because if I died, I would not go to heaven. If I died, I would go to hell. And I need a Savior. I need God to wash my sins away and change me and help me. Do you believe he will hear me? I know he will hear you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. If you're lost, if you're a sinner, if you died, you know you wouldn't go to heaven. Would you right now just raise your hand, preacher, pray for me. Pray for me right now. God sees the hands. God sees the hands. Are there others? Yes. Hands are going up across this building. To God be the glory for what he's doing. I want my altar team come very quickly. And if you raised your hand, if you raised your hand, come on, without hesitation, right now, you have an audience with God. He's in this place. Would you right now, would you right now come while the altar team is moving? Would you come? Come on, right now in Jesus' name. Come and, and get things right with you and the Lord where you know that when you die, that you will go to heaven. Come on, come on right now. Come on right now in Jesus' name. Yes, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Are there others? There's others that raised your hands. Would you come? Would you come? Yes, people have come. All right. For those of you, if you're sick in your body, I want you to raise your hand right now. Raise it up high. I've got something going on. I need God to touch me. I need a healing. I need a miracle. I need God to help me. Now, if you don't mind, what I'd like for you to do is just, while every head is still bowed, I just want you to wave your hand toward the Lord. Like, here I am. Lord, I want an audience with you. I want an audience with you. Father, in Jesus' name, every person that is standing, every person that is raised, waving their hand, that needs healing right now. God, I pray that you'd go to where they are. Go ahead, now ask. You got mustard seed faith right now. Right now, exercise it. Just say, ask, asking right now. Lord, I want healing. Lord, I want you to heal my body. Come on, go ahead and ask him. Just ask him that plainly. You don't even have to get into detail. Lord, you know what I need? Heal me, I pray. Heal me. If any of you are having any other kind of need other than a physical need, I want you to raise your hand up toward heaven. Raise it up high. Don't be ashamed. Look, I've got needs. Probably every person in this building has needs. Do you have a need? I want you to raise it up and I want you to start waving it to the Lord. Come on, wave it. Lord, here I am. Lord, I've got mustard seed faith. I don't have, I, I might not have as much as the other, but I've got, I've got at least some. And I'm coming to you now. And I ask you that you would supply my need. For you said, my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Come on. Come on. Right now, I want you to believe God. Now, you need to ask. The Bible says, ask and you shall receive. Seek 
and you shall find. Knock and it shall be open unto you. Come on, knock, knock, keep knocking. Lord, come on, I'm expecting. I'm expecting, I'm expecting my healing. I'm expecting my miracle. I'm expecting my deliverance. I'm expecting right now, right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope that you were inspired to live a life of purpose for Jesus Christ. For more information, check out our website at BethesdaCOG.org. God bless.